are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, head on over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. There you'll be able to interact with others, sharing your reflections, and commenting back and forth. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their hearts and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her holy example and life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 168. We are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 20, Paragraphs 596 to 601. Chapter 20. The Presentation of the Infant Jesus in the Temple and What Happened on That Occasion. 596. The sacred humanity of Christ belonged to the Eternal Father, not only because it was created like other beings, but it was his special property by virtue of the hypostatic union with the person of the Word, For this person of the word, being his only begotten son, was engendered of his substance, true God of true God. Nevertheless, the eternal father had decreed that his son should be presented to him in the temple in mysterious compliance with the law of which Christ our Lord was the end. Romans 10.4 It was established for no other purpose than that the just men of the Old Testament should perpetually sanctify and offer to the Lord the firstborn sons, in the hope that one thus presented might prove to be the Son of God and a child of the mother of the expected Messiah. Exodus 13.2 According to our way of thinking, His Majesty acted like men who are apt to repeat and enjoy over and over again a thing which has caused them enjoyment. For although the Father understood and knew all things in His infinite wisdom, He sought pleasure in the offering of the Incarnate Word, which by so many titles already belonged to Him. 597. This will of the Eternal Father, which was conformable to that of His Son, insofar as He was God, was known to the Mother of Life and of the human nature of the Word. For she saw that all His interior actions were in unison with the will of His Eternal Father. Full of this holy science, the great princess passed the night before His presentation in the temple and divine colloquies. Speaking to the Father, she said, My Lord and God Most High, Father of my Lord, a festive day for heaven and earth will be that in which I shall bring and offer in thee in thy holy temple the living host, which is at the same time the treasure of divinity. Rich, O my Lord and God, is this oblation, and thou canst well pour forth in return for it thy mercies upon the human race, pardoning the sinners, that they turn from the straight path, consoling the afflicted, helping the needy, enriching the poor, succoring the weak, enlightening the blind, and meeting those who have strayed away. This is my Lord, what I ask of thee in offering to thee, thy only begotten Son, 
who by thy merciful condescension is also my son. If thou hast given him to me as a god, I return him to thee as god and man. His value is infinite, and what I ask of thee is much less. In opulence do I return to thy holy temple from which I departed, poor, and my soul shall magnify thee forever, because thy divine right hand has shown itself toward me so liberal and powerful. 598. On the next morning the Son of Heaven, being now ready to issue from its purest dawning, the Virgin Mary, on whose arms he reclined, and being about to rise up in full view of the world, the heavenly lady, having provided the turtle dove and two candles, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and betook herself with St. Joseph from their lodging to the temple. The holy angels who had come with them from Bethlehem again formed in procession in corporeal and most beautiful forms, just as has been said concerning the journey of the preceding day. On this occasion, however, the Holy Spirits added many other hymns of the sweetest and most entrancing harmony in honor of the infant God, which were heard only by the most pure Mary. Besides the ten thousand who had formed the procession on the previous day, innumerable others descended from heaven, who accompanied by those that bore the shields of the holy name of Jesus formed the guard of honor of the incarnate word on the occasion of his presentation. These, however, were not in corporeal shapes, and only the heavenly princess perceived their presence. Having arrived at the temple gate, the Most Blessed Mother was filled with new and exalted sentiments of devotion. Joining the other women, she bowed and knelt to adore the Lord in spirit and in truth in his holy temple, and she presented herself before the exalted majesty of God with his Son upon her arms. John 4.23 Immediately, she was immersed in an intellectual vision of the Most Holy Trinity, and she heard a voice issuing from the Eternal Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 27.20 St. Joseph, the most fortunate of men, felt at the same time a new sweetness of the Holy Ghost, which filled him with joy and divine light. 599. The Holy High Priest Simeon, moved by the Holy Ghost, as explained in the preceding chapter, also entered the temple at that time, Luke 2.27. Approaching the place where the queen stood with the infant Jesus in her arms, he saw both mother and child enveloped in splendor and glory. The prophetess Anne, who, as the evangelist says, had come at the same hour, also saw Mary and her infant surrounded by this wonderful light. In the joy of their spirit, both of them approached the queen of heaven, and the priest received the infant Jesus from her arms upon his hands. Raising up his eyes to heaven, he offered him up to the Eternal Father, pronouncing at the same time these words, so full of mysteries. Now dost thou dismiss thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word and peace, because my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. Luke 2.29 It was as if he said, Now, Lord, thou wilt release me from the bondage of this mortal body, and let me go free and in peace, for until now I have been detained in it by the hope of seeing thy promises fulfilled, and by the desire of seeing thy only begotten made man. Now that, that my eyes have seen thy salvation, the only begotten made man joined to our nature, in order to give it eternal welfare according to the intention and eternal decree of thy infinite wisdom and mercy, I shall enjoy true and secure peace. 
Now, O Lord, thou hast prepared and placed before all mortals thy divine light, that it may shine upon the world, and that all who wish may enjoy it throughout the universe, and derive therein guidance and salvation. For this is the light which is revealed to the Gentiles, for the glory of thy chosen people Israel. John 1, 9.32 600 Most Holy Mary and St. Joseph heard this canticle of Simeon, wondering at the exalted revelation that it contained. The evangelist calls them in this place the parents of the divine infant, for such they were in the estimation of the people who were present at this event. Simeon, addressing himself to the Most Holy Mother of the infant Jesus, then added, Behold, this child is set for the fall and for the resurrection of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be contradicted. In thy own soul a sword shall pierce, that out of many hearts thoughts may be revealed. Thus St. Simeon, and being a priest, he gave his blessing to the happy parents of the child. Then also the prophetess Anna acknowledged the incarnate word, and full of the Holy Ghost, she spoke of the mysteries of the Messiah to many who were expecting the redemption of Israel. By these two holy old people, public testimony of the coming of the Redeemer was given to the world. 601. At the moment when the priest Simeon mentioned the sword and the sign of contradiction, which were prophetical of the passion death of the Lord, the child bowed its head. Thereby, and by many interior acts of obedience, Jesus ratified the prophecy of the priest and accepted it as the sentence of the Eternal Father pronounced by his minister. All this the loving mother noticed and understood. She presently began to feel the sorrow predicted by Simeon, and thus in advance was she wounded by a sword of which she had thus been warned. As in a mirror, her spirit was made to see all the mysteries included in this prophecy." how her most holy son was to be the stone of stumbling, the perdition of the unbelievers and the salvation of the faithful, the fall of the synagogue and the establishment of the church among the heathens. She foresaw the triumph to be gained over the devils and over death, but also that a great price was to be paid for it, namely the frightful agony and death of the cross. Colossians 2.15 She foresaw the boundless opposition and contradiction which the Lord Jesus was to sustain both personally and in his church. John 15.20 And at the same time, she also saw the glory and excellence of the predestined souls. Most Holy Mary knew it all, and in the joy and sorrow of her most pure soul, excited by the prophecies of Simeon and these hidden mysteries, she performed heroic acts of virtue. All these sayings and happenings were indelibly impressed upon her memory, and of all that, She understood and experienced. She forgot not the least iota. At all times, she looked upon her most holy son with such a living sorrow, as we, mere human creatures with hearts so full of ingratitude, shall never be able to feel. The holy spouse, St. Joseph, was, by these prophecies, also made to see many of the mysteries of the redemption and of the labors and sufferings of Jesus. But the Lord did not reveal them to him so copiously and openly, as they were perceived and understood by the heavenly spouse. For in him, these revelations were to serve a different purpose, and besides, St. Joseph was not to be an eyewitness of them during his mortal life. This concludes our reading today for day number 168. We have been reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 20, Paragraphs 596 to 601. Today's reading and tomorrow's reading 
are familiar to us because it's a mystery of the rosary. It's a feast day of the church that on February 2nd, Candle Mass, we celebrate the presentation of our Lord in the temple. And we heard a little bit holding two candles. That was in our reading today. So maybe giving us a even deeper meaning of that idea of candle mass that is celebrated. But then a few interesting insights that we received today. The first being Mary, being immersed in an intellectual vision of the Most Holy Trinity, hearing a voice issued from the Eternal Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This isn't in the scriptures. This is a phrase that the Father does say. We hear the Father say it at the baptism of Jesus, at the transfiguration. And now, here in the mystical city of God, we hear the Father say it at the presentation of Jesus in the temple. It kind of makes sense. This progression of his life. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well, Mary knows that Jesus is her son, too. She's given birth to him. But now she herself hears from the Father as she knows that this son was generated within her without the help of St. Joseph, because she is ever virgin, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of the Most High, of Almighty God, was conceived in her womb, was born, and now she cares for that child. And almost in a sense of an affirmation and a confirmation from heaven, God the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And as Mary hears that, I can only think that she says, well, this is my son, and I'm well pleased in him too. It's always a beautiful thing to reflect on Simeon. We've heard about Simeon all throughout the mystical city of God in this volume two that we've been reading. He's been referenced a few different times. And now God has fulfilled his vocation. That's what I think about Simeon. He has lived his life waiting. He heard that he would see the Messiah. And now he has taken that child in his arms. He knew this child was coming. We heard in a previous day's reading not too long ago that Simeon and Anna, they're both inspired, knew that the moment was going to arrive. But if you live your life and you live it well and you do the will of God, you'll be like Simeon and you'll have your life fulfilled. And then Simeon makes that prophecy, a sword will pierce your heart This child will be a sign of contradiction. And Maria Vagrida says, All this the loving mother noticed and understood. It goes on. And then she says, At the same time, she also saw the glory and excellence of the predestined souls. Most holy Mary knew it all. And in the joy and sorrow of her most pure soul, excited by the prophecies of Simeon and these hidden virtues, she performed heroic acts of virtue. She knew it all. I think sometimes we wonder, what did Mary know? But as she received an angelic visitation, as now she is privileged in this moment, it seems like God was enlightening her. Mary did know different things that were going to happen, that were going to take place. God slowly revealed them to her, and she began to understand them all. 
I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.